Welcome to Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. It's Open Week. It's the 150th Open Championship at headquarters St. Andrews. And before we get into previewing that with Big Bro, it's time for a new song. Are you ready for golf? Hold on to your hearts On Thursday it starts Home You see golf's coming home The old course in five Where golf started life On the boats and on the plains They're coming to St. Andrews And can Tiger win again? Maybe it's a St. Andrews But hope It seems so far away He had a bad limp today The Tiger's still sore but he could still win more. The Open, it's run by the RNA. They told Greg to stay away. No champions grub. He'll watch it in the pub. No shouts of in the hole We're not in America No taking shirts off on the green We're not in America You're playing golf at HQ You're playing at St. Andrews Or Woods and Daily Faldo too They've won at St. Andrews the Open 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 at St. Andrews Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 17th of 33 Not very likely You'll take a par You'll take a par Today 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 And that was our new song. Hope you enjoyed it. Now it's time to head over to Big Bro for 19th Hole News. It's the 19th Hole. It's the 19th Hole. It's the 19th Hole News. 
It's the 19th hole news. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of Bros and Birdies 19th hole news. And we start the week with the continued rising stock of Xander Schauffele, who battled hard on the back nine at Renaissance Club to claim the Scottish Open. Xander has now won his last three starts and a second consecutive PGA Tour title. Will he feature at St Andrews for the mainstream hat-trick? Yes, the Open baby, the 150th, the home of golf. Will it be Tiger Yawn or will it be the Tiger Roar? Will Polter break a leg trying to jump a creek? Will Burmy banish the bogey monster and validate Little Bro's view that he can contend on the biggest of stages? Will Greg get his scuba shark gear out? And will we see Blandy getting him evicted thinking it's Big Bro from the Golf Podcast? How many times will Rambo get caught on camera swearing? Will the players live and let lie? On the other PGA Tour event, which was really a glorified KFT event, Trey Mullinax won the Barbasol and in doing so claimed his spot at the Open this week. So the $666,000 winnings was secondary, but certainly not to be sniffed at. That was Trey's first PGA Tour victory and he now sits 190th in the official World Golf Rankings. On the Seniors Tour, at the Bridgestone Seniors Player event, it was 55-year-old Madison, Wisconsin native Jerry Kelly who lifted the trophy, defeating Steve Steady Stricker by two shots. On the European Challenge Tour, it was the 29-year-old Englishman Nathan Kimsey who gained his first Challenge Tour win at Le Vaudreuil Golf Challenge title in Normandy, France, with a playoff victory at the fourth extra hole over the home favourite Robin Skiot Sigrist. And finally, on the LET, it was the Spanish powerhouse favourite Carlotta Siganda who won for the sixth time with a wire-to-wire victory at the Estrella Dam Ladies Open. And that is your 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole news. And that was your Open Championship song, a new song, a second one of Neil Diamond's. Um, I do like Neil Diamond, but hey, but let's concentrate. This week is the week, the week of all weeks on the golf calendar. St. Andrews, the Open. St. Andrews, come Sunday evening, who will rise from the Valley of Sin to take the win and become champion golfer of 2022 well to discuss what potentially will happen over the next four days from thursday is as always by my side the other half of bros and birdies it is big bro hiya mate good evening brother how you doing one two oh, right. yeah yeah i visited the old dentist today but it's all right the numbness has worn off and um I can talk properly, well, as ever, as properly as I ever have, really. See, I couldn't even get the words out then. But hey, how exciting is this? Oh, it's super exciting. I just love the Open every year, but I love it when it's at St. Andrews, the home of golf. It's just, yeah, it's one of those courses that I know we will play one day, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I just love it. Love St. Andrews. Can't wait. Well, I've been to, you know, we've both been to many open i've been to i've been to litham hoylake royal st george's muirfield i haven't been to st andrews unfortunately um 
it's on my bucket list. I think, yeah, let's get into it a little bit, actually, because it's frustrating with the ballot system. I know some courses, um, you know, you can't get tickets and there's a certain amount of spectators and everyone wants a bit of it, especially the 150th Open. Obviously, it's iconic and Tiger Woods is there. Everyone wants to be there. But it's just so frustrating when you try down every avenue and the door's slammed in your face to try and get a ticket at this great event. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Balloted out. It's just, yeah. I think I can't think of a time when I've been successful in any ballot at all. So, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But I think it was a few years back, wasn't it? it uh, did the system change maybe? Because we went to Hoy Lake, didn't we, one year? And we just paid the ticket. Like, just paid it online, got in. There wasn't any issue or whatever in terms of numbers. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if the system's changed dramatically or whether it's just the locations. Um, but I, I even believe there's a ballot next year for, again, um, at Royal Liverpool, Hoy Lake. So, you know, it's not just to kind of buy your ticket and go in. So, yeah, it's mightily, mightily frustrating when you're on UK shores and you can't get to see one of the biggest golf tournaments in the world. No, never mind. But, you know, I guess I'll just have to wait for the next live event in this country. Um, <laughs> you, you can definitely get a ticket in. You haven't got to pay a thing. So let's, before we get into the iconic tournaments, that is the Open Championship. I won't have it called any other, um, by other, any other name. Anyone out there that even, don't even at me on social media. It's not happening. The Open Championship, <laughs> the Open, the only Open. Do you know what? I love the Masters, right? Obviously, it's a great tournament. I, I don't mind the US Open. But for me, I'm biased, obviously, because it's on our shores. But the Open Channel, it offers so much. Okay, there's lots to talk about. And we're going to get into the course and what could happen. And it's running very firm, as we've seen. You know, Sam Burns did a social media piece bouncing the ball. And it bounced up like a tennis racket. It was that um, tennis ball. It was that hard. But. Like I said, before we get into all of that at the Open, I'm too excited. I just want to talk about it. Let's talk about what's happened uh, since we last got on to Bros and Birdies, um, Liv, Tiger, Jack, the whole shebang. What can you start us off with? Well, uh, yeah, there's definitely been a, a few stories this week. Obviously, some of the biggest names in golf now coming out on the record. And what a what a week to do it at the Open. Jack Nicholas, in particular, was certainly someone who had remained very tight-lipped up until now. In fact, he was still fairly tight-lipped. He didn't say a lot other than, you know, him and Greg Norman have been good friends for years, will remain being good friends, continue. But they do not see eye to eye on the whole live golf idea, um, where it's going, where it's taking the game of golf. And that was Jack. And then we've seen Tiger come out, I think, today. Um, and he has gone on the record and said, you know, I think, quote, um, they've turned their back. And we're talking about the players. They've turned their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. Uh, quite a statement, really, from someone, obviously, who's had his own fair share of uh, sagas over the years, uh, different storylines. Um, but this one is massive. Um, and, and he's gone on to say as well, it's kind of, you know, yeah, they're going to make the mega millions. But it's, it's the youngsters, you know, those amateurs and those guys that have not experienced PGA Tour life or or tour life, really, that have just gone for the money, been attracted in, 
um, you know, and where is, you know, the kind of incentive to practice, I think, was another quote that he actually made. So interesting that we've seen the likes of Jack and Tiger come out in such a big week as it is this week and make their statements. I don't know if you've seen any of it at all. Yeah, I have. But, you know, obviously Tiger was going to come out and completely support an organisation that stood by him through thick and thin and what he's been through. You know, you, you touched on it then. So he never expected anything other than Tiger Woods to come out and back the PGA Tour. Um, you know, he's the best golfer there ever has been. He wins the, the pip by just opening his phone, basically. And the PGA throwing throwing money at him and the PGA have done well out of Tiger Woods. It's a great relationship, always has been. He's phenomenal. I've said it first time on the podcast. Phenomenal. We didn't say it last week. We didn't say it. Unbelievable. Well, yeah. Yes. Well, well, we'll try and make up for it um, this week. In Absolutely a phenomenal, phenomenal that you use podcast. that word, I tell you. Hey, so, yeah, he's going he's gonna to support them. I get that. Jack Nicholas. look, nobody wants... You know, I, I didn't I wasn't completely sure whether we should be talking about it on this podcast this week because I don't want to de- my I don't want my thoughts taken away from what is going to be an amazing four days. Or to be fair, what has already been an amazing couple of days with Faldo and crew winning the champions little event that they had and you know the looking at the range. I've been watching some of it today and it's I'm you know, already Tuesday. Tuesday evening we're recording this and I'm excited. Salivating. Did I? Well, I'm salivating because I still probably drool in blood out of my gum, but you know, it's um, a great, it's a great topic and it has to be discussed, I guess, but we shouldn't dwell on it too much. Yeah. There's been lots to be said. Rory's coming out and saying, well, okay, perhaps I've got to look differently now about the whole money situation. And because we're all the sponsors, he knows damn right that if he starts talking about the money coming in this, that, and the other, then everyone's going to question, you know, all the sponsors he's, he has, you know, sweatshops and different things going on and the Saudi money and the PIF money invested in an array of companies across the world in America. So, you know, I think he he realised he was being quite full on um, with his comments, and he's reined them in a little bit. But it's, do you know what? It's Greg Norman being um, told to stay away. I, I totally get That's it. That's big. I, I, big. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I I understand. You know, he's um, he's got a great relationship with this tournament, and it's a shame that that had to be done. But like we just said, and like many other people have said, nothing should be taken away from this week this week is the week of all weeks um yeah totally agree with you bro Uh, yeah totally totally agree with you on that point i think the other big point this week obviously where it's associated with live golf is we understand that there is a meeting taking place in and around saint andrews this week or has been with regards to live golf's application to join the official world golf ranking system we talked about about it last week um and again we won't dwell on it and stuff but you know there are some big talking points so let me ask you a question right it's an important question because i think we are on slightly different sides of the fence with regards to live golf and that's absolutely fine but do you think any of those live golfers that have played in these first two events in the UK and in America can feature this week? Absolutely, yes. Without you a do. shadow of a doubt. Yeah, Yeah. see, I don't. I, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, they're quality golfers. But and and the reason I asked that question is I've looked at the numbers a little bit in terms of the there's 25 players from the last tournaments that have a combined number of four wins um, and top tens in the current season, right? And Swafford, Norris, Horsfield, and Gooch, not massive names, but, you know, they're they're the players that have won on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour this year. Um, And also, I think one of them was Stain City Open. I'm not sure if that was a sunshine event, but I looked at some of the the players that have played in these first two events and what they've done this year, and it's not been impressive. And for that reason, I don't think many of them could turn up and figure highly this week. I think it. I think it's a welterweight burden. It's a massive burden on their shoulders that they're carrying at the moment because of everything that's going with it. And this is a huge tournament. You don't need that. So that's my personal view. But. Um... No, I agree. Um, I do think a golfer from Liv can win it. It'd be ridiculous for me to, if it was that easy to rule out 25 or 30 players from a golf tournament. And then, you know, it's a lot easier to pick out right winners. It's very hard to do. You know, look at uh, Mullinax last week. Um, You can discuss players that have won. Let's say, let's just talk about players that have won the Open over the years. You know, there's, the likes of Louis Ustase and Zach Johnson, you know, they were big prices to win at St. Andrews, um, 2010, 2015. I can see why, why wouldn't you think that Louis couldn't go and win on a, on a course that he's already won on um, and links golf, which he loves. He's got the imagination for a game. Do you, th- do you really actually think the burden is that strong that it's going to affect the game this week? For some of the players, yes. Um, you could probably make an exception for Louis Eustazen, given that obviously one in 10 and he finished tied second in 15. So he clearly likes St. Andrews. There's no doubt about that. Um, but he is a live golf player. And yeah, he, he's probably the one exception alongside, oh, okay, maybe DJ or whatever he's, you know, but I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I don't think they can feature and I may be proved wrong this week but I, I just think there's it's too much of a carry from a weight perspective well know. I take I take a little well, like you've said we take a few different views on live and what have hmm. you but I I'll, I'll throw it back at you and turn around and say a lot of those golfers are in a more financially stable position and they were financially stable anyway don't get me wrong most of them I'm not I'm not saying they were skint and they were going down the local um, food bank to get a tin of beans unlabeled out of date not even um, Heinz brand other brands are available but <laughs> you know the fact that that money is there and that they're guaranteed a purse and they can just for me I actually think they can perhaps go all right they haven't shone in the in the tournaments of late, there've been a few decent performances. Don't get me wrong, but I think they could be freer. I think I think the only weight that's put on their shoulders is the constant criticism that, in some cases, is rightly deserved, and some people might say it's rightly deserved. Eamon Lynch and Brandel shambles. Um, hey, I think they can go out, and I have got a couple of players on my list that actually one player on my list who is a, a live golfer and is a big price 
and I think he can compete. So I would throw it back and say, I reckon that the pressure, you might seem it's heavy on their shoulders, but I think that's more from a media point of view. I don't think when you look at the players being interviewed and chatting and social media and stuff, they look so relaxed, that happy as every other golfer is to be at St. Andrews for the 150th Open. I don't think there'll be any bother. And I am certain we will see a few of the live golfers up there at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday evening. But yeah, there's no reason why. I mean, obviously, yes, it's physically possible. I, I just, my personal view is I don't think many of them will feature. Um, again, I could be proved wrong. And that, and that's the beauty of debate and discussion, isn't it? Is, you know, we, oh, we absolutely. I think views. they've... I think they've got more of a chance than Tiger Woods, but everyone seems to think that Tiger Woods is, you know, is, is going to be up there at the end of the Sunday. I don't know what basis that is, what foundation that has. You know, okay, he's won a couple it's of times. Twice, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at St Andrews, just like you know, Louis did obviously nearly 2010. You said he got it was it a playoff he got beat, didn't he? Um, yeah, playoff. Mark Leishman. Yeah, uh, Leishman. That Johnson three-way playoff. Yeah, yeah. Hey. I yeah I don't think I don't think Tiger Woods can um, be at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. I might be proven wrong, but yeah, it's it's. Do you know what? It, you're dead right. There's so many topics to talk about. There are so many. I mean, we haven't even touched on the fact that this could be the firmest St Andrews we've seen in the history of the Open Championship. Oh, bro, it's so firm. I mean, I've seen some reports, and you know, kind of like you just said, the, the ball. Um, the golf ball bouncing, you know, quite high off the surface and stuff. We've seen, you know, Padre Harrington coming out and sort of saying that, you know, yeah, okay, we've got really benign conditions probably this week. But Harrington's with, come out. Well, you know, in in a commentary sense and sort of. Oh right, yeah, 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 no, no, yeah. Seriously, let's not go down there. Let's not go down that route. But that's what um, he said. It's what he said exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah he's made a statement, you know, to sort of say that the, that the course will be, you know, the conditions will be benign, but with that, and given that you could have, you know, significant role, he's talking, I think he's saying like, you know, some tee shots are running 60, 80 yards further than you would normally expect them. And yeah. with that, it, it makes the course a lot more tougher, a lot harder. Because you've really got to play for position, you you know with you know you've got rough off to the side of these fairways, you've got bunkers that are strategically placed. Is the ball keeps on running, it becomes pot luck where it's going to end. So by by virtue of that, it makes the course a lot harder. And there are some people saying that you know could there be a sub sixty round this week? Well, yeah, you'd probably think that, but given no. what we've what Harrington has said today i think that makes that kind of the, the opportunity for a sub 60 significantly much more less and yeah, i don't think we'll see a sub 60 this week well it looks like we've just rolled into the the course yeah um, we have rolled into the course <laughs> and i like yeah. that you know it's it's a natural flow and we just it just shows you the the, the eagerness to talk about this great iconic golf course the old lady as it's called now you're dead right. It's it is firm, and McElroy and others have come out, and you know McElroy's putting a two iron in his bag. Doesn't McElroy's usually have... come out. Shit, yeah, really. I, I know, as well another... as Harrington. I don't. They were seen together. Oh, uh, Jesus, they, this is they... too much. I can't take it. 
They were seen together on the Sulkham Bridge, whatever it's called. The Swilkham Bridge. That's it, yeah. Sorry. Got this tooth problem. Oh, you had a bit of wisdom taken out of you today, didn't you? I didn't know I had any left to come out of me. But um, do you know what? Yeah, there are going to be so few drivers off the tee um, this this week. It's going to be ridiculous. Now, for me, that brings so many players into a scenario um, because there are not many golfers on the PGA or the DP World Tour that will miss some of these fairways as wide as they are with, you know, your three irons and what have you. It'll all be about controlling and you can get a big sharp bounce, like you've said, and get an extra 70 yards of run. Now, you know, there are certain holes that you, you that'll benefit. You know, there are certain holes that you can have a go at. There'll be so many players hitting the 18th with a three iron. You know, that's what we're talking about here, bro. The, the natural wind is a westerly wind. Now, as we're talking about the course, as you're, you're heading out on your opening nine at St. Andrews, you are heading sort of in a northwesterly direction. So you'll be able to hold your ball into the, you know, if you've got a good draw on you, hold your ball, so to speak. We're not going back to Harrington. Hold your ball into the wind um, and you'll have a little bit more reception on the greens playing into the wind. But as you turn around and then come back sort of from 12 onwards, the wind will be behind you, whatever wind there is. So you've got hard fairways wind behind you you will be hitting the 18th with a three iron four iron maybe a five iron for bryson dechambeau unbelievable absolutely unbelievable yeah i mean you know could we see a lot of three puts on the 18th green it's you know it's kind of you got the valley of death is it at the front of the 18th green yeah i mean that's the valley of sin the valley of sin it's yeah it's certainly going to be interesting isn't it that that's i mean you talk about how quick the course is playing and maybe not a you know a lot of players taking driver off the tee. It reminds me of 2006 when we saw Tiger strolling to victory at Hoylake and you know we were there and we followed him and I think I've mentioned it on a previous podcast that that intenseness of, of the, the Tiger stare that it was when you know you're two feet away from him walking from 17 to 18th tee on the Sunday was just unbelievable and an image I'll never never ever forget um but could we see something like that this week with you know Hoylake played so fast hard and fast in 2006 there was not a lot of drivers taken off the tee it was strategic play and so you're liking it to that this week then yeah you know you look yeah definitely you're looking at like the 12th hole you potential to drive the 12th hole potential to drive the seventh hole depends on the wind but when i'm talking about coming back in the 12th hole which is called heathery but in because they've got heathery going out which is the sixth yeah you know, yeah the likes of the uh, heathery and the bobby jones the the 10th hole if you like and then obviously we talked about 18 what's going to be interesting is the road hole you know obviously you don't have to say too much about the road hole um it's oh mate can you imagine wind behind firm fairways there are people that will be having to think about okay well I can drive it up there. I can take a three wood, but I'm going to leave myself with such a short wedge in on really tight fairways. Now, McElroy discussed the fact that he's taking a lot of the bounce out of his wedges. So he's having his wedges with less bounce in it because he says, you're just going to be bouncing off that road like fairway. So 
a lot of equipment change this week from a lot of the golfers already discussed. Um, it's going to be, yeah, the 17th. I just can't imagine. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the first person get the 17th. I think they've hit a lovely drive and all of a sudden the pins just, you know, over, over the back of the, the bunker and they're thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do here? I'm going to have to sort of put it around the right-hand side, if you like, and still leave themselves a 40-foot put for birdie. It's going to be one of those occasions that you can have 50 or 60 yards left in to the 17th and you'll still have a 30 or 40 foot put for birdie. Oh, it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. I, I read a piece earlier on about, because, um, you know, it's it's a public course, St. Andrews, and, and you can turn up and play and obviously you book a tea time as normal, but I think it's relatively easy um, whilst there might be a, be a ballot and stuff like two days in advance to, to get there and play. So it's you know certainly not insurmountable to go and play. But I looked at the piece of it. There's shot scope technology for like the amateur players that go and play there. And the piece that I read was, was really interesting in that the 17th hole, and you mentioned it, so let's stick on it, is the hardest hole. Naturally, it, it is in every Open that's played here at St. Andrews, right? Historically. Absolutely. But for the average, you know, golfer like you or I, amateurs and stuff like that, it averages 5.31, right, through all of this shot scope technology that they've got, right? Mm. That, that's for the likes of you and I. Now, in 2015, the 17th hole played an average for, for the top 10 players that finished, and I'm going down to Adam Scott from Zach Johnson, who won it, it played an average of 4.39 for those top 10 players, right? That's just the 17th hole. And in 2010, when Louis Oosthuizen won it, it was 4.35 for those same 10 players. So, you know, that's significant, isn't it? That road hole. It really is in the context of a golf tournament. You know, would you, would you want a, even with a four or five shot lead going down the final three holes, let's say, it's nothing to take for granted. Certainly oh, no. the 17th. Well, you look at the Dunhill Links, which is a great tournament. I know it's played later in the year and it's a, it's a, it's a softer course. You cannot compare the course setups, but you could. Com I'm looking at the Dunhill Links later and I discuss it stat angles for putting wise. And um, that's what I'm looking at. But the Dunhill Links last year, even on a softer, um, softer track, 12, 16, and 17 all played the hardest. Whole 17, right? In the whole of round three and round four of a golf tournament, thinking how many times that hole's been played, there are only six birdies across two rounds at wow. St. Andrews at the 17th hole. That show on a on a receptive course, you know, at that time of the year. So can you imagine how tough it's going to be to make a birdie? Like Rory said, he'll take four pars, four pars at 17 all day long this week and shake you by the hand. It's going to be absolutely brutal. And that's without people driving it into room 42 in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You, you can, you'll, I think you could possibly see some unbelievable scores of that 17th hole. And it'd be the person, person that controls the 17th, the best might have the best chance, but I'm so excited. I, uh, you know, it's just the holes. Hole across, Cartgate, corner of the dike, the road hole, the Tom Morris, the 18th, the burn, the first hole, bro. Is there a possibility, a possibility that someone could have a pop at the first hole? No. 
No, I, I don't. We're not. No, I, I really don't. Because what would you benefit from it at the end of the day? You had you had a pop at it. You're over the back of that first green potentially. That high percentage chance you're in the burn yeah because you'd need a lot of luck to from that far out to get the bounce that you need to get over onto the green so no i don't think what about accidentally um no no i, I just think there's going to be a lot of strategic laying up on the first hole certainly maybe on the first two days you might see a bit of stupidity day three people trying to get back into contention making a little bit of run of it you might see someone like a bryson do it why? Why not? You know, he's a hundred to one. Um, bro, can you, bro? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? On the tee, from England, frozen birdies, and then your heart is like, <laughs> pull yeah. out the driver, smack it as hard as you like, think, oh, I caught that too well, and it bounces and it bounces and it gets over onto the green. Hello, twenty feet for eagle. Thank you very much. Give me the trophy now. Do you know it could be? Adrenaline could force that ball to go a lot further than you want, get a big bounce off the hard fairways and trickle, like you said, into the dike or maybe a little jump over, as we saw Ian Poulter do the other day. Oh, so yeah. I saw that. I so wanted him to fall in the burn. <laughs> so <laughs> wanted him. It was like, yeah. It's... Oh, bless. No, but right. some great, great names of the holes. I mean, you've read a few out. It's uh, yeah. yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see some of these players in terms of how they're going to attack the conditions this week. But uh, yeah, absolutely amazing. Can't right. wait. Right. OK, so that being said, right, we talked about the course. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the weather. I did just touch on it briefly with the wind. Oh, yeah. Give me the weather. Come on. It's the weatherman. I'm the weatherman. I'm the weatherman. Anyway, I'm not a well man. The, um, the weather's going to be dry. You know, there might be an odd little squall, if you like, coming in because this country, if we have a bit of, if we have a hot temperature, it was like the clouds get excited and gather together and have a party and shower it down a little bit. And then it's cleared away and we have another lovely day the next day. But temperatures are meant to be very decent up there. Not as hot, not as, hot as down here and down south. I think it's going to get to 35, 36 degrees Celsius. Yes, yes, people in America, it does get that warm here. And do you know what? It's going to be a touch windy on a couple of days. It's changing so quickly every single day. I've looked at it for the last four days. I got excited and thought, oh, God, it's going to be like 19 mile per hour winds, 20 mile per hour winds on Friday. Not that much as it stands. Like I said, it could change again. But you're looking at early starters on Thursday could have a slight advantage not only will they get the pristine greens, get on there. No one's walked all over them. They'll get a little slight bit of dew on the greens, a little bit more receptive. Same with the fairways, but they won't have as much wind. So I'm saying there is a potential for a slight tea time bias for those guys starting early Thursday. Fridays, you're looking at anywhere between 12 and 15, 16 miles per hour winds as it stands, and it sort of dies down a little bit over the weekend. But, and you've got to keep those, those lads have got to keep those greens a little bit, a little bit slower than they would ideally want in a major, if you like. But due to, you know, the open expanses, that is St. Andrews, a little bit too much wind, and that changes on dry conditions, and those balls could be rolling off. 
Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, even a, a sort of 12 to 15 mile an hour wind, certainly with the conditions the way that they are, it could actually have a bit of an impact. So, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, looking out for that for sure for in play markets. Well, you look at, yeah, and the first round leader markets, my early starters. Hello. Right. And one of my picks has got an early start. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Now, you look back at 2015, um, Zach, Leach, and Oost, like we said in the playoff, all precise off the tee. Tiger struggled and barely beat Nick Faldo, and he missed the cut. Big hitters that year, such as Tiger, Daly, Bubba, JB Holmes, all missed the cut. And that was in conditions that you would think might benefit those guys. So are we completely ruling out the fact that we're not looking at distance this week because a lot of people are going to be taking irons and three woods off the tee? So is that completely nullifying their advantage? Yes. One Great. thousand percent. One thousand percent. That is nice to hear. Well, it's yeah, it's it's going to be. So let's get into the stats. Let's get into stat angles and where you're coming from, where I'm coming from for the listeners, right? And then they can all make their own decisions and we'll give you our picks. That's how it rolls every week. Why should it change? Right. Like we said, you won't see many drivers this week because you just don't need it. So the focus from my perspective will be on vision, understanding of the course, having that array of shots, high apex on your approaches guys that can really get their irons up in the air landing them softly on those greens and a love for links greens right so they're my stat angles and that is how i've got to my picks what we'll get to a bit later what are you looking at very interesting i had driving accuracy on my list but i guess given what i've heard today about kind of fairways rolling that could be a bit of potluck really this week. But I still think, you know, if you're accurate enough and you're trying to play down the centre, yes, we know there are some holes where there are bunkers in the middle of the fairway or just off to the fairway, strategically placed that are going to catch you. I still think it could be a factor. So definitely that. I've certainly had scrambling in the wheelhouse with regards to the stat angle. Three-put avoidance, right? You talked about the greens being... You know, that the, the green keepers need to keep them, you know, sensible. The RNA need to do sensible stuff with the greens. But three-put avoidance this week, we talked earlier on, you know, could drive the 18, you could three-put easily. So avoidance of that, definitely those players that are shot shapers for sure. Players that have played in, you know, played well in Lynx-style competitions. Um, mm. But interestingly enough, you know, we've got seven of the par fours are less than 400 yards this week. You talked earlier on about potentially few of them being more susceptible to being driven, you know, on the green in one, but this week it could be different. Um, but certainly looking at that, I'm looking at par four efficiency, 350 to 400. And there's one name that particularly comes up on that top 10 list in the last two years on the PGA tour stats in particular, um, but I'm also looking, and there are only two par threes and two par fives on the course this week. But par three, both par threes are going to be in between the 150 to 175 bracket. And I've looked at the last two opens played at St. Andrews. It's not easy to score on the par threes here, really. Um, maybe a little bit of an exception on the 11th, but certainly not the 8th. It's probably a bit tougher. 
but I've looked at par three efficiency, 150 to 175. And again, that same name has come up in the last two years, as did with par four efficiency. So be interesting. But yeah, they're my main stat angles, bro. I think that's I've gone a little bit deeper than you, I think. OK, well, that's uh, no, I don't mind. It's not a hey, you would got to find the winner. And if that means going deep, that means going deep. But I looked at some, you know, how can you can a lot of people were doing course comparable um scenarios no. on social media and stuff like that and i'm thinking how how can you but when you go on data golf the two that are pretty much at the top are um there's a few let's, let's take three of the four you got torrey pines north you got kapalua holds the century tournament of champions and obviously augusta now I can sort of I can sort of get Augusta because you know the greens are very firm usually and, and what have you. So the approaches you could make a comparison for that if you like. Torrey Pines, uh, I guess you know coastal birdie fest. Birdie, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Kapalua, birdie well, fest, especially in the north course of Torrey Pines, birdie fest. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, and Kapalua. So if we're looking at St Andrews. Now, usually I would turn around and say if this was if the Open was being held in September, October, when the Dunhill Links is being held, then your your statement earlier about there being a sub 60 with the best golfers in the world, I think there could be. I don't think that's the case this week. I think the firmness will make it such a difficult test that people not ex- not expecting that. I think the scores won't be as high as everyone are imagining. Um, there will be plenty of eagles. There'll be eagles on par fours. There'll be eagles on par fives but there'll be many big numbers if you find yourself in the base of a pot bunker. You talked about pot lunk, pot bunkers, proper bunkers. That's what you get at our links courses over here in the United Kingdom. And they're going to find them a lot. Even if they're meaning to leave them short by 30 yards, they'll find themselves rolling into them. So, yeah, comparable courses you cannot do. So it's very difficult. You've got to have a bit of a hunch, like you've said, the love for Lynx golf is never going to be a stronger point than this week. No, absolutely. And just want to go back on that par five statement, bro, because, you know, neither of these two par fives are easy to eagle at all. You know, if you look at 2015 numbers of those top 10 players, not one of them eagled either of those holes at all over the four rounds that they played in so you know they're definitely not easy for that reason you know you've got massive greens and even if you get on the green in two you could potentially have a you know a a sort of 70 80 foot you know so (laughs) they're definitely not easy from an eagle point of view so yeah I, i think we've got um an interesting tournament for sure and those stat angles i think are pretty good in terms of what we've looked at but it's it's unique you know you, you make those um you draw those comparisons or somebody else did to those apparent comparable courses and, and augusta is unique in its own way just as saint andrews is so yeah i'm not sure i i kind of subscribe to that view of comparable courses with saint andrews no, no, I'm with you as well. There are little elements you can take from them, but as a course as a whole, definitely not. So they're the stat angles. That's a bit about the course. I can't wait to get into this and look at who we're going. Because I actually don't know who you've picked and likewise, you don't know who I've picked. But who will be the champion golfer of 20? 
22. Who will follow in the footsteps of Jack Nicholas, Seve, Nick, Faldo, Daly, Tiger, Louis Ustase, and Zach Johnson winning an Open Championship? Oh, don't forget Bobby Jones at St. Andrews. So why don't we get into it? And why don't you, big bro, age before the beauty, go first? Interesting, interesting. Just before I get into that, breaking news. Tiger is not retiring. Fact. He said it today. He said, obviously, he's going to have a lower schedule. And we knew that. But he's not retiring. So for those that thought maybe he would be standing on that Swilkin Bridge 18, round two, round four, whenever he finishes, it isn't happening. Anyway, um, yes, my first pick this week. Okay, so listen, every week, right, like you do, we are, I have a short list. And I look at that short list and I try and whittle it down a little bit further. And I had eight players on my short list, right? Really tough to break down those eights and come up with four sensible picks, but I'm going to try and do it. My first pick, right, is I'm going out on a limb. It's the player that I referred to earlier on in terms of striking highly on the par three efficiency, par four efficiency stat angles that I've looked at. And it's a player that I think is primed for this tournament. Um, Won the PGA a few months back, but it's Justin Thomas. And and I just think he's he's got the all-round game for a, a course like this. Yeah, he had a shocking tournament last week at the Scottish. But who really would have wanted to win at the Renaissance Club the week before a major? Not many of the big players do, to be brutally honest, apart from Xander. But JT, yeah, you can get a range of prices. Currently outright 22 to 1. Uh, or you can get 18 to 1 without Rory and Xander, which I think is is interesting. You know, only losing four points. But Justin Thomas is quite a confident first pick. Okay, who's um, who's Justin teeing off with? Do we have you had a look? I haven't, mate. No, I haven't seen Well, the... I can tell you it's oh, brilliant. off number one T, obviously, nine minutes past ten with Shane Lowry and Victor Hovland. Yeah, good three ball. Good three ball. But, yeah, very nice three ball. Victor's like not playing some good golf at the moment, is he? He's not really having a good time of it. And uh could, Yeah, could so be a... he's been the he's been the pick of a few people out there on social media. I just don't see how they've gone for Hovland, but uh, hey, each to mm. your own. That's the okay, so JT, first pick for you. Right, I'm going straight in with this one. Balls deep. I've been talking about it um for a long time now. Um I called him out as the open winner um a long time <laughs> ago. Did. Yes. Um in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one. Dunhill links, particularly at St. Andrews, he putted phenomenally, nearly topped the putting stats in both of those years at the Dunhill links. He shot a 65 final round there last year. Grew up playing very fast and firm South African links golf courses. The guy is coming into a bit of form, played well last week, putted very well last week at the Scottish Open. I think he finished tied 11th or 10th or whatever it was. It's Dean Burmester. It's the Burmy Army. And we're coming to Scotland. And we're coming to St. Andrews. And we're taking over. Yeah. Tied 10th last week, as you say, at the Scottish. Um, and I had a you know, very strong feeling you were not going to desert him at all. No, uh, you did say very early on in the season that he was your idea of the winner at St Andrews. Uh, do you think the conditions are 
more suited to him this week, given that just, he is a bomber? Um, can you say he's a bomber? But man, he is, he, he's he, long. Yeah, but they're not going to be taking drivers, so he's just as long with a three woods, but more precise, and he has the vision for links golf. Like I said, loves playing firm courses. Grew up on him in South Africa, so. I just, I do. I think he's very much at home on a Lynx golf course and he's very much at home on these greens at St. Andrews. Now, it goes without saying, you're going to have to put phenomenally well. You're going to have to have your best moves on the dance floors of the old lady um, to, to get anywhere near to winning this trophy. But I, I think he loves them. He loves the greens here, loves Lynx golf, loves hard courses, has the game. Um, and I think he's a massive price. I think in some places you can get you know, 10 places, 12 places. Have a look at the markets, guys, out there. And he's a big number. Admittedly, he was a lot bigger before the Scottish Open. He, he pretty much came down 100 points after the Scottish Open performance. Well, he's still 250. That's five bullseyes. Yeah, 250 and 190 without Rory and Xander which, yeah, is uh, interesting. But, uh, and again, the 250, I think this week, what are we getting? Eight places? Yeah, eight places, quarter the odds. So, yeah, some yeah. places you can get 10. And like I said, an early start on Thursday, and my man is going out with Chan Kim and Brandon Wu. It's the Wu Wu for Birmingham Army, 6.57 in the morning. He will be done by midday. He'll be sitting in the clubhouse, having a beautiful first sausage sandwich after shooting a 64. First round leader pick for me also. Yeah, yeah, good call for first round leader pick. So we'll have a look at the odds on that one. Okay, excellent. Right. Thought second you might pick, open bro. Up with him. Yeah, second pick. Now, listen, um, Cam Smith was on my shortlist, right? Now, that was after I had a little bit of a debate yesterday on Twitter around kind of, you know, I think I made a statement saying I didn't think Cam Smith had the balls to win an open, a major at the moment. He's clearly a phenomenal golfer. We know that. Um, But he was on my shortlist because I looked at him a bit harder and stat angles wise, he ticked a few of the boxes. But I have ditched him. Um, I just thought I'd make that kind of claim that he was on the shortlist. But I have ditched him for that very fact that I just don't think he will have what it takes at the end, coming down the back nine, St. Andrews Sunday, even if he makes the cut to be there. So it's not Cam Smith. It's a very simple play for me and someone who is in absolute tremendous form. I have no reason... And uh, nobody out there could probably come up with any good reason why you shouldn't play Xander Schofle this week. The guy is red hot, right? Two PGA Tour victories on the bounce. The JP McManus Pro-Am sandwiched in between. This guy is just right on top of it. Even when he was in the thick of it last week at the Scottish and struggling, he came back. He fought hard, tenacious, and... I know he's short at 18 to 1 and he's short in real life. But Xander Schofle for me, I think, has got the game. And I, I see no reason why he can't feature this week. Okay, right. He's going. So this potentially, if he was to win, be four tournaments, four wins in four tournaments for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fairly mental. unprecedented. Absolutely mental. You know, considering well, he only turns 
Pro, what, five years ago? So, no, seven years ago, I think. So, yeah, amazing. Well, let's see. Yeah, you, you can't want for anything other than someone that's striking the ball phenomenally well uh, on a links course. And that's what we saw last week. So, yep. yeah, whether he's got... I don't know. You know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But it's um, a lot would have it would have taken a lot out of him last week, and we all know this is a hell of a week. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll certainly see. I, I very much doubt it myself um, on the grounds that Jesus has he got the game uh, around the green game? I'm not sure, but he certainly had it last week. But St Andrews is a different kettle of fish. But I can see why you picked him, bro. So Xander Chauvelet, what price did you say he was? 18 to 1 outright. Very short, but oh. I am going to have a sizable bet on him and JT this week. So, yeah. Okay. Happy days. Mortgage in the house. Right. My second pick is John Rahm. Ooh. Now, now, John, John Rahm is 20 to 1 in a lot of places, right? This is number number three golfer in the world right now. The Open, when he, what, 20, 21, tied third. Had an amazing open. We all thought he was going to go and go and do it at one point. We know he plays the Masters very well, ninth, seventh, and fifth. So we know he likes to play on fast greens and he can handle that. Okay, he hasn't been in the best of form of late. We, I, we can say that, but he's still number three in the world. But let's say he went back to this time last year when he finished, when he won the U.S. Open, then he won the Open Championship. Then he was third in the Northern Trust. Then he finished second in the Tour Championship. You know, that is the level of this player. That is the level of the world number three in golf. And John Rahm is 20 to 1. You're telling me John Rahm is a bigger price than Xander Schofley? Yeah, it's quite unbelievable, isn't it? You you wouldn't have thought it, like you say, if you'd gone back a year ago. Um but, you know, I think the one thing with Rahm, which is why you're getting that slightly bigger price, but, you know, certainly you compare it against Rory, who's 10 to 1. There's no doubt Rory's got amazing open form. But 20 to 1 is is an enticing price for someone like John Rahm. And so, you know, he he's that one player, isn't he, that you know, he, if he goes on a run, he, he's going to hammer it. And, yeah, he just, I, I think he's getting into Rick, um, Ricky, Tyrrell Hatton space. He's um, getting very angry on himself, being picked up on the cameras, swearing every single week and very, very animated, always, you know, aggressive, very hard on himself. But what a talent is John Rahm. Um, well, you yeah. know, look at him this season. It's only what? How many? Was it Mexico? He won. Um, and then he was tied 10th in the Memorial, tied 12th in the US Open. You know, by anyone's... But it's, anyone's game it's not a bad season but that's a bad season for John Rahm yeah you know he's, he's finished second in the century tournament of champions on the Kapalua and people want to say that's a a, a comparable course and Farmers Insurance Open obviously Torrey Pines we know he loves Torrey Pines um, that's not a bad season and I think it's just too big for me to avoid yeah in the same way that probably I've gone for JT you know it's there's no Again, I do think one of the favourites, you know, is highly likely to feature this week for sure. Um, and it may seem like an obvious statement for many, but it's true at a place like this is, uh, you know, the cream should rise to the top and it and I think it will. So, yeah, I, I do like it. Backing up my Xander and JT 
It's pretty strong. Let's go for it. What's your third? Right, okay. My third play this week is a Belgian. A Belgian that has come into a bit of form this year. A recent winner in particular. And it's Thomas Peters. Um, I just... I I was looking... When he won, uh, obviously he won in Abu Dhabi. Totally different course, for sure. Um but, you know, has come close, obviously, with that second, the BMW International in Germany, which was won by Hao Tong Lee, obviously lost in the playoff. But I, even leading up to that, I thought Thomas Peters is like, it, he just strikes me as a St. Andrews type player, as someone who, who could have that game. And I, I just like the way he's trending this year. And stat angle wise, he, he hit a couple of places for me and stuff, but he's a big price. He's 125 to one outright and 90 to one without Rory and Xander. And that that's what attracts me is that price. So Thomas Peters, third play. Well, he has come out and said that he, he loves playing Lynx golf and he hasn't mm-hmm. always had the greatest results in tournaments around Lynx golf. No, but for sure. He says he loves and his head is in a, a much better place um, right now. It was such a shame when he lost the playoff, obviously. But, you know, he's, yeah, I, I could easily have put him on my list today. So I can understand why you've done it. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting one, bro. I mean, like you say, his form in the Open has not been absolutely outstanding. I think in the last few years, the best play, he was Carnoustie 18. He was tied 28. Um, Carnoustie and St. Andrews, different courses for me. And I, I think the it's the form aspect this year with that win back under his belt. You know, he's he's that player um, for me. And yeah, I like the price. So third, play. third pick, Thomas Peters. Right. My third pick, you, you're you going to hate me for it, but I'm doing it. And, you know, I'm a, I'd stick by my men, as you know. <laughs> and it, it's Bryce. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Stand by your men. It is Bryson DeChambeau. Wow. Right. Crazy and, horse. And this is this is the angle I'm coming from. Um, he won't have to. So his downfall, okay, he's very long with the driver and what have you. But his downfall has often been the fact that he's gone too wayward with a driver. So my hmm. angle is is that Bryson DeChambeau will keep this ball in play a lot more by taking. He will have so many irons off the tee, bro. He will be there on the fairway. Yeah. The next point, right? So you picture him, he's in the middle of the fairway. The next point is that he has one of the highest apex on his approach shots. So that ball will be coming in so much higher than a lot of other golfers will be landing so much softer. And we know his scientific brain can read those greens. So for me, right? And People are going to laugh at this when they're listening to it, but they are my angles. The fact that Bryson will keep it in play. He'll be able to land the ball softly, softer on the greens. And we know he's a great putter of the golf ball. And, okay, he hasn't had the greatest tournaments in the Open and what have you, but last year, it was the last round of his tournament. He shot a 65 that sort of signaled to me that he was getting to understand Link's golf a little bit more. And he didn't play badly last week at Scottish Open. There you yeah. have it. Okay. So 
sorry, not the um, Scottish Open or was it the JP? Anyway, he's been playing okay of late and I just think he's a massive price. Yeah, Bryson, he didn't play last week at the Scottish. He wasn't one of those players. He wasn't eligible, obviously, because of the, the live golf uh, player ban and he wasn't one of those players that got the legal overturn. So, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JP McManus, he did. But yeah, so Bryson, 100 to 1 outright, 80 to 1 without. Okay, I'm taking it under to one. I, I, these without players starting to frustrate me because every time we do it, the, the players that we're leaving out don't have a great tournament. And you think, no, oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, Fair yeah, may, maybe eight places, 10 places, scrap the, the without and stuff. But it's just there. It's there as an option. Okay. Right. In you right. go. Do you want my fourth play? Yeah, please. Okay. This, oh, this was a tough one. How many have you got? Four or five? No, I've got four. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with four. I'm gonna be sensible, right? Okay, so, well okay. So I am ditching Tony Finau and Bobby McIntyre for this player. And my fourth and final play, <coughs> excuse me, is Seamus Power. I think Seamus Power um is certainly you know someone who's played some really good golf this year, he's trending in the right direction. Um, I, I just I like lots of aspects of his game, and obviously he's he's Irish, but yeah, sort of you know did his time on the collegiate scene in America, but form this year has been pretty strong. Earlier in the season, he had good places at Sony and the RSM. Um, you know, he's had the PGA at Southern Hills was a tied ninth top course, tied twelfth at the U.S. Open. Um, tied 27th of the Masters. He's performed really well in the majors this year. Um, And I just think, you know, I don't know a lot about Seamus Power and and his experience with Lynx Golf, but I would imagine he would have definitely had it in there somewhere in in his career, in his early years. Um, And it's 80 to 1 Seamus Power, I think was just, yeah, a nice price to come up with. And I've ditched Bobby McIntyre and Tony Finau for that play. Well, he won the Barbasol, obviously, which we saw uh, last year. And yeah, you're dead right. He's played well this season. Um, but it's his first Open. I know he's probably played a lot of Open courses and what have you and practicing or in other tournaments. But first Open, you think he's got the class to win? It's interesting. He certainly is a, a talent. I think he's got player. the game. He's got the game. He's got the talent for sure. It's yeah. It's fourth play. Right. What's your fourth? Right. Uh, well, I do. I do have five this week. So my fourth is Tommy Fleetwood. Mm. Um, on the grounds that you know he grew up Southport playing, obviously, and links golf and whatever. You and Southport is the host of um, next week's tournament, the Kazoo Classic. Um, has grown up and has always announced his love for Lynx golf loves um he, he did what did he turn around once and said oh yeah i love um southport it's tight fairways and really have to have your iron game on song and he is one of the best iron players out there and i think he'll give himself enough chances he has that imagination has that vision for Lynx golf and i just think tommy has played some much better golf this season um, seems to be coming back to a bit of Tommy of old. And it's 64 at St. Andrews in the final round of the Dunhill Links in 2019. It was enough to show me that he can play around that course. Okay, I just, it's a different time of the year and what have you. But 
It means he likes the greens, can play, and I think he's got the game, and I think he's a very big price. Yeah, 33 to 1, not that big, but um, I think probably off the back of last week's performance, which was frustrating actually, because I did back him 100 to 1 in the final round for a top three, and that bogey uh, at the last cost, you know, for a 20 to 1 place. So, bit frustrating but yeah his, his price probably came down a little bit for that performance showed that, that he was... oh, he's a lot skinnier i didn't think it was it's 33 to 1 is he all 33 right. to 1 mate yeah, yeah all right bang up there interesting i was expecting numbers to be around the 50 mark right my fifth um is a guy who made one bogey in two rounds at hq on the way to winning the dunhill links um tournament and he's a guy who's won the masters it's danny willett now oh. you know yeah he's going to be a big price i understand that and what a price is he because i must have looked at different time at these prices because fleetwood is bigger when i looked at him last well i mean you, you've literally just thrown that at me but he's 150 150 to one danny willett masters champion now let's not forget you know he's got form in the open you know, he finished in 2019, he finished sixth. He's 33. He's made many cuts. He missed a couple of cuts, 2017, 2018. Made the cut when it was here in, two, uh, in 2015. I just, no, actually, no, I got that wrong. Sorry, excuse me. He was tied sixth here at St. Andrews in 2015. And I think he's he's got the game for this. We know that through the Dunhill links. He's a massive price. And I think this is the sort of tournament that will see the best out of Danny Willett. Yeah, interesting play that. Yeah, tied six in 2015 for sure. Yeah, uh, 151, very big price. Well, if you're going to play five, I am going to throw in Bobby McIntyre just for oh, shits and giggles. <laughs> I just think, yeah, the, you know, 125 to one Scottish lad, um, you know, definitely will have played a shed load of Lynx golf over the years. And, you know, even if it was placed, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm not sure he can win it. But, yeah, 120, just as I say, as for a little bit of a token gesture to match your five, Bobby Mack is my final one, one, two, five. Hey, a little, little fact that this player was on my shortlist was Tyrrell Hatton. Do you know, whenever he's played the Dunhill links at St. Andrews, he's never had a three putt. Never had a three putt. Never had a three putt. So there you go, fact. a little little fact there. But, um. Yeah, that there are picks. Have you got any other picks like first round leader picks that you want to share? I with haven't. The, the I haven't yet because I wanted the tea times to come out and I wanted to look at that and sort of and then just shape it. So no, I haven't. What I have got though is Go obviously two previous guests of ours on the podcast, Josh oh, well, Antman. Oh. Josh yeah. Antman and Hendy have um, have replied to my message that I've sent them and they've given a couple of picks. Whoa, so we've got um, professional picks. Yeah, we have. Look Josh Antman, uh, so yeah. I asked I asked them and I said, have you got a favourite and an outsider? So this is what Josh Antman came back with. He came out yeah. with Tyrrell Hatton as his favourite pick. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Now, we know Josh is pretty shrewd with his picks. When he came on the podcast, talked to us, you know, he talked about having winners and stuff. And I think, you know, with the golfers that he has picked on his own podcast, he's done pretty well. And his outside bet actually is a pretty decent one. It's Ryan Fox, who's in a, a lot of form at the moment. So, yeah, I think you can get 70 to 1 on Ryan Fox. But, yeah, so Josh came up with Till Hatton, Ryan Fox. And Hendy came up with three. He came up with JT 
which is matched right. by myself. He's gone with um, Cam Smith, his uh, countryman. And he's also gone with Bryson, bro. So uh, interesting, interesting uh, one there. He's, yeah, so he's gone with those three. So nice, okay. nice for them uh, to come back with that and give us a, a, a bit of a steer on their view. Absolutely brilliant to have those picks. Well done. That's 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 good. That was a nice surprise. Um, okay, so let's wrap up the picks. It's, you know, little bro, big bro, Josh Antman and Hendy. Um, yeah. My picks are Burmy, Ram, Bryson DeChambeau, Fleetwood and Willett. Your picks are? Justin Thomas, Xander Schofley, Thomas Peters, Seamus Power, not Seamus Power, and Bobby McIntyre. And Josh Antman's were Ricky Hatton, not Ricky Hatton, Tyrrell Hatton. <laughs> Tyrrell Hatton <laughs> and Ryan Fox. <laughs> what price would you get for Ricky Hatton? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, That'd be a knockout punch. And Hendy's gone with JT, Cam Smith and Bryson. Yeah, so it's uh, well, that's it. That rounds up the Open, the 150th Open Championship preview. And just before we've got something to finish with the end, we have got... Next week, the 3M on the PGA Tour and the Kazoo Classic up at Southport. So that is it from us. It's goodbye from me. And from you, it's goodbye too. And to play us out, it's Big Bro's little poem by the Open Championship. Have fun. Enjoy the golf. And we'll speak to you next week. St. Andrews, so flat and sublime. World's best all in their prime. Zach in 15, Louis in 10. Course decides boys from the men, the starter making sure play is on time. No Jack, no Arnie, no player. Road hole, the brutal golf slayer. The Swilcombe burns so open and free. They pray for an opening birdie. The lads out for an all-dayer. With Greg not invited for dinner. The crown prince demands a live winner. No crushers, nibblicks or aces. Will we see egg on the RNA faces, wild thing not looking much thinner? On Sunday we crown the next king, around 18 the patrons gathering. One drive, one chip and one putt, that's it, he's won, door shut. The tiger bows out, limp thing. <laughs>